podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a four house on the hill. Two house on the hill. Don't pull your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts. You're uh, listening to two hoes from Delco. I'm calling up Marine right now. Calling her up. Did you just call me Hovel? Call you what? What did you just did you just call me a Hovel? Yeah, you're a Hovel. What did you what What did you say? I, I said hi. Oh, okay, cool. Hi. Hey. Hey. Um. Not. Nothing. I'm uh hanging out in the sunroom of my house. It's beautiful outside. I know it is. I. I, uh, I'm supposed to draw comics in the afternoon, but I don't know. I might go on a bike ride. Mm, I think you should. Um, uh, stupid helicopters, like, ruining, ruining my scene back here. Go away. Sorry. God. They're probably looking for something important. They're, um, they're annoying. Or it's Arnold. Uh, so... I, I did I did a little intro. You listen to two hosts from Delco uh, with Beth Heinley and Maureen Cummings, and uh, we are doing a over the phone pod today. And we are, we will be discussing our topic is Twitter. Twitter. Tweeting. So it should, cool. yeah, it should be really interesting. Um, I I did no research uh, about Twitter. Did you uh, do any research about Twitter, Marine, for this? Only my own anecdotal research that I will present as fact. Okay, great. Um, and uh, before we get into the topic, which is usually the last fifteen minutes of the episode. We have a couple segments of our podcast. Uh, the first is the apology section. And then secondly, uh, we do recaps. Uh, and then we, then we thirdly uh, talk about, we do uh, racist confessions, where we talk about things in our life that uh, were, where we were racist uh, accidentally racist and we apologize for it. And, um, the other thing is, uh, if you want to, if you want us to apologize for something and you, um, identify as anything, um, besides a cis straight white male, you can, uh, tweet at us on Twitter, uh, to ask us to apologize, my Twitter handle is at Beth Heinley, B-E-T-H-H-E-I-N-L-Y, all lowercase. And Maureen's Twitter handle uh, is at Mocom99, which is M-O-C-U-M-99, all lowercase, no space. Uh, you can also find Maureen as Momo from Delco, not associated to... Momo, the scary witch face, uh, no. Korean, no. Su- super surrealistic like. sculpture. I am not going in children's phones and telling them to commit suicide. No. 
Um, wait, it, that sculpture is oh, making... Excuse me, real quick. Yeah. This white male... What? Like, don't take away this white male's civil rights vest. They can write whatever they want to you, and they can write to you and ask you to apologize if that's the most important thing that they want in their life, which obviously they wouldn't have given a shit probably before. But now that you said no, and they think they're, like, losing some kind of right, now it's a problem. So they'll, I encourage them to write to you to ask you to apologize for basically denying them their civil right to freedom of speech. And if they do write to me, I promise to screen their apology requests and um, thoughtfully consider apologizing um, and, you know, most likely not apologize to them. Yeah, you don't have to apologize to them either. Fuck that. Um, so, you know, I have to say, okay, when it comes to the apology section, though, I actually don't, I didn't, I didn't write anything down. Uh, and, and it's not that I'm, uh, it's not me, uh, writing things down and asking myself to apologize for things. That would be pathetic. It would just be, it would be psychotic. Psychotic, you think? Yeah, maybe not psychotic. Yeah, I mean, because I don't think a psycho as, um, a conscious conscience and would maybe ask. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just crazy. Uh, okay, well, you know what? You should apologize right there for calling me crazy because that's... You should apologize. You shouldn't call people crazy. You should apologize. I am not apologizing for you uh, pinning me to a mental illness when you're not certified in any way to do so. But if you don't apologize for me, who will? Good point. Uh, let me see if I wrote some down on my phone. Also, I mean, for the record, yeah, nobody asked me to uh, apologize for anything on the internet uh, because no one listens to our podcast. So, oh, weird, weird. Yeah, so I don't have any any apologies uh, from the last episode. I, I I don't know. I just, I mean, what did we even talk about in the last episode? It was a seasonal depression. Oh, okay. So it was seasonal depression. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the apology section. Never have been, so I'm fine with it. I think it's important to apologize. Yeah, I know you do. And we go over this every time, but <laughs> I, I mean, I listened to the episode like when it came out a couple weeks ago, and I can't recall anything offensive that I said or that you said. That we should apologize for. So I never can recall anything offensive that I said. So fine. Um, you know, I mean, I guess like so. What I'll do is, in place of the apology section, is just outright apologize to people of color. I want to apologize to people of color. I want to apologize for using the term people of color when I really mean black people and Latin American people and Mexicans and Jewish people. Which what about Puerto Rican people? Puerto Rican people too. I want to apologize. What and about also, Brazilians? What's that? What about Brazilians? Uh, I don't really feel like I need to apologize to Brazilians. That's fair. Whatever. I mean, you only you can decide what you need to apologize for. Uh, what other people? Oh my goodness, I'm sorry to Asian people because also, like, 
you know, they're always last when people think of people of color. They always, you know. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, maybe Asian? Yeah. So I'd like to apologize um, for Asians and including in that Indians. Yeah, Um, I mean, yeah, Indian people, Middle Eastern people, that's a big one. Um. I read recently that Indian people are having issues getting paid fairly for doing tech, for work working in technology. Like a lot of um, Indian people apparently work in, in the tech industry and um, like overseas, like in Silicon Valley, not that's, we know Silicon Valley is not overseas technically because, you know, it's not, it's, it's in California, but I'm saying that they work overseas for companies in, in the Valley and are not pay, paid equally as their white coworkers. Um, well, yeah, another example of people not being paid an honest day, pay for an honest work. I would like to apologize to gay people. Because oh, yeah. I'm straight, and um, because of that, you know, uh, I get, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know. It's pretty awesome being straight, and yeah, I mean, you um, automatically your sexuality is accepted as long yeah. as it's just, you know, doggy style fucking and missionary style fucking baby girl on top sometimes. As long as that's like your entire sexuality. Yeah. Ne- never. And never anal. Never. No, I mean only skanks do anal best. Yeah. And definitely no anal on a guy because you know, even if he's straight, he's gay. If he gets in the butt, obviously. That's true. That's one hundred percent a fact. Of course. And uh, because it's not liking other guys that makes you gay. Totally. Uh, the other thing that's great about being straight is, like, I could, like, go to the movies and, like, um, fantasize about, like, romantic relationships and, like, just go to the movies and, and see a movie like that. And and it's, like, really cool. And then, like, gay people have to go to, like, special movies, like, sub- uh-huh. subversive true. films. That's true. You in- know what else? Independent movies. To get some gay action on screen, on the big screen. As a straight white woman, the other thing that you can do in a movie theater is mm-hmm. go down on a dude and get caught and probably not get him very much trouble. Whereas, like, two gay guys, like, that could have been a whole can of problems for them. Well, gay men, I do seem like they don't care about that because I, I've heard gay men, like, sucking each other off all the time. They do it all the time at movie theaters, I've heard. Huh. Wow. Yeah. What movie theaters do you go to? The Roxy, Center City, Philadelphia. Right, because they have independent films of gay people. Yeah. So, uh, sorry to gay people. What else? Uh, People of color, gay people. Transgender people. I just want to apologize to the transgender community in general because I didn't... On Trans Visibility Day was uh, March 31st, and I did not post on Instagram or Twitter and, uh, you know, say like, I think it's awesome. I think trans people are awesome. And I didn't do that. I actually, I didn't do anything for trans people on trans visibility day. Um, Nor did I. I feel awkward about it. Also, I'm not sure. I feel like trans visibility day, you know, I didn't look it up or anything like that or read anything about it, but I think it's about people who are trans being, 
super trans on social media being like hey being like hey guess what i am trans i am trans and being like that on social media and like so that's kind of partly why i didn't like post anything because i'm not trans and that seems like you know like another day there's another day that's like every actually is today the sixth oh no it's the seventh so apparently, well, and I don't even know. So there's a this day. It's called Blackout Day, and it's uh, about promoting um, the black community, like black owned business, black film, black you know things, and you know, kind of like being black on social media and everything, and uh, and not being a white person at all, or like any you know, you know, it's for black to celebrate black people. And, uh, I didn't post on, uh, blackout day either. So, um, it's really, that's a confusing day because it's like on, it started like March 6th. Like I was around like the Ferguson, um, shootings, I think I'm pretty sure like as a reaction against, um, police brutality. And I think it was March 2015. And then they said like every third month the sixth of the month from that day forward is blackout day. So that gets really confusing. A very confusing day. Yeah. So on so many levels. Uh, I guess you just like, I mean, I guess an easy way to do it is you rewind every year to March 6th and then you go, what, what did I say? I think it's every three months. Every three months on the April, day of the month or something. Yeah. Yeah. April, May, June. So <laughs> June 6th is blackout day coming up. I uh, could, you know, this is just based off. Um, uh, wasn't that yesterday? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yesterday was April 6th. Yeah, yeah. So I'm oh, also. Oh, so confused. It's a confusing day. Yeah. Um, I I think we're good. I don't know what else. I, well, I mean, that, that, I just have to say, like, I didn't post for either of those days, too, but I think it would be extra weird for me to post for either of them because I never post for any day. So if I just, like, randomly started posting, like, trans day, I feel like that'd be weird because I'm not trans. It's a shame. And also, it's, I don't pay attention to any of that shit, so I didn't know. It's a shame that Twitter's um, archive systeming is system whatever is so stupid because I would go back in your Twitter archive and find you posting on, like, happy, happy National Cat Day. Well, hashtag. I was going to say the only day I post for is Cat Day. Or if it's, like, a dog or cat-related thing. You did a cat awareness day. Because I'm, I'm sure. a fucking vet tech, so that's not weird for me to post about shit that pertains to me. Um, Don't get all aggro. I was just pointing out that you do celebrate days on social media and that you're a I'm especially Cat Day. You're a poser. Uh, and <laughs> no, it would be, I would be a poser if I posted for Trans Day out of nowhere. So you're not okay. You would be a poser for tra- for posting about Trans Visibility Day, but you're not a poser for posting about your cat. Yeah, because National I cat have day. a cat and I work with cats, so that is like pertaining to my life directly. If I just randomly posted on like other per- another person's day. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about retweeting. Like, retweeting stuff is great. Like, if I see something that's like, go trans community, like, I'll, re-po- or I'll retweet, retweet it. But I don't have something like, my struggle with transsexuality, like, I don't have that. Well, so, but also, I guess you don't with categorize. Transgender. 
you don't categorize yourself as a social justice warrior because I think that your Twitter feed uh, is is kind of political. And well, I think- I'm an ENFP, so that's just going to be part of my life. And as I said, I would retweet something, but like I don't have something personally to say about being transgender. You're an so e- much as to know when the day is and post something. You're an EMFP. ENFP. What is that? Um, I brought it up before. It's my Myers Briggs type. Uh huh. Um, so a lot of ENFP people like one of the defining characteristics is having like these opinions of like how to make the world a better place and focus like like fixating on that kind of. Um, wow. So, that yeah. I mean, actually, like... the fact that you said social justice warrior, I've heard ENFPs like explained as social justice warriors. I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's pretty much everyone on Twitter is an EMFP. Well, yeah, I mean, there's other, there's like 16 types, so it's just one of the characteristics of this particular type. So other types could have that as well. All I'm saying is, I guess, your observation fits in with my self-diagnosis as this personality type. And we are also aiming to talk about your Myers-Briggs personality disorder in every single episode. Um, yeah, well. sure. Yeah. It's not a, a disorder, you cunt. I mean, okay, if that's your perspective on it, you know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into the recaps. Uh, so I only have, uh, I only wrote like two in here. Uh, so... This should go by pretty quickly. Anyway, uh, we were talking about um, the uh, Muslim NYU student who uh, confronted Chelsea Clinton at the uh, memorial after the New Zealand uh, shooting. That's a lot of stuff that I'm not even reading. I just like grabbing these memories from my brain and like saying it right now. So, uh, so in any case, uh, we kept on saying Hillary Clinton. I mean, by the end of us talking about it, we were saying Chelsea Clinton, but just like, you know, I could just imagine some like aggro bros, like some cis white males listening to us going like, it's Chelsea Clinton, it's Chelsea Clinton, you dumb bitch, you dumb bitch. What? I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, well, I do know that both Hillary Clinton and Chelsea Clinton are fucking ugly as shit. Wow. Um, no comment? So it's hard to differentiate, uh, two, um, two ugly women. I mean, all assholes look the same to me. They have different hair from each other, so that should make it easy for you. I, I just want to, like, I wake up every day thankful that I'm not as ugly as Chelsea Clinton. I mean, I think a lot of girls from our generation do. Yeah. Um, but I think she's gotten actually much more attractive with the age. I think she's like, I mean, she's, age, she's good now. Age really helps ugly people out. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Consistently. I think across the board, getting older for ugly people is like, you know. I mean, I just think she had like her awkward years on display for everyone's mistake. That's what I think of her. And I think it's, like, a shame, because she had that, like, big hair, and you know what I mean? Like, every girl goes, every person goes through an awkward stage, and hers was happened to be when her parents were in the fucking White House. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, okay, so then the other thing I wrote down here. Uh, okay, so you were saying when you get home, Maureen, when we were talking about uh, being, when we were talking about how, what it's like being a female, okay? And we were, we were describing what it's like to be female and that we, like when we get home, we think that there's a rapist in the home immediately. Uh, and then we go around and you said that you, when you get home, you check under the bed for a rapist. And I was just like, you know, when I heard you say that, you know, when we were podcasting, you know, we're all in the moment and it's okay. But then when I re-listened to it, I was kind of like imagining Maureen getting home every day and checking if there was a rapist under the bed. And I just wanted <laughs> to. <laughs> you don't do that? <laughs> specifically that's his one job so you like yeah he like hides under the bed um and and so he but does masters in rapeology. is this like a myers-briggs uh personality thing uh or ocd like you get home and you see if there's a rapist under the bed no i think it probably has something to do with like my severe anxiety disorder okay because i just wanted to say <laughs> that not all women not all women check to see if there's a rapist on the bed when they get home. Well, you know what, Beth, though? I don't anymore, and I haven't for the past couple of years because I solved my problem. You know why? Why? What happened? Because the type of bed I have, it sits straight flush on the floor. You can't get under it. What a relief. What a relief. I know. And I did, for the record, I did not do it, so I didn't have to check under the bed. Now I just have to check in the closet and in the bathroom and behind the doors. But my fiance is here a lot of the time, so you know. How do you know he, he didn't makes like me feel safer? Oh, but, so you but trust him? In and, but he's gonna like suddenly turn like around and let a rapist rape me in front of him sadistically while like he laughs. Maybe. Maybe. Mm, maybe. He, he is a gamer. Well, what the? <laughs> what gamer culture? Gamer gamer culture is super misogynistic. You just, I mean, they're uh, evil too. I've heard that people that play video games all the time are also just straight up evil. Evil people, huh? Well, yeah. There's you just there's a disconnect. A, there's a disconnect. They're opening a fucking video game arena in Philadelphia, so you're gonna like that. Um. All of the all of the evil people will come to Philadelphia. We'll have to go protest it and be like, yeah, God like hates evil to our city. God hates gamers. G a y dash m e r s. I would I would love to do that actually. Like uh, like add like a long white robe too. Like kind of. I mean, I don't want to look just like Jesus, like maybe more like a druid or something. And yeah, like hold up the rainbow colored God hates gamer posters. So that's going to be a on your list of performance pieces? Yeah. Yes. When is that? I mean, I'm down. I, don't, I feel like it won't open for like a couple of years, <laughs> but they just announced it. So it's something, you know, that can really develop over time. Okay, great. Well, a flower. We'll have to add to it. Into a beautiful performance. Um, so, also, no one, we asked the last episode, 
um, before we asked, we said, please write in to us and tell us who you think is more racist, Beth or Maureen, okay? And I, uh, three people wrote in, and the uh, results are, drum roll, <laughs> Maureen, you, oh. you are more racist than me. Everyone uh, yeah. has spoken. So yeah, it's it's a democracy, Marine. So right. I mean, it's good that there were three, so that you know there couldn't be a tie. And it's you know up the size of a of a very small, like the smallest sample you could possibly have, other than one or two. Well, exactly. I mean, if two people wrote in, yeah, you're right. It probably would have been a tie, but uh, three people wrote in and. Um, Really, really turned the vote. And I feel like you bribed one of those voters, one no, of the judges. That's not, come on. Why? Just because you uh, are more the racist than me? Collusion. I call collusion. Um, okay, okay. Uh, let's not get all Mueller report up in here. Um, <laughs> I guess, though, uh, are you, you're, you're debating whether the results were true or not now. Of course I am. I lost. Um, all right. So we were. We will ask again. Uh, please write in. Okay. We need to do a recount. So people, the 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 three original people who voted, who are listening in now, please write in and uh, give us your vote again. And then, if you could please then um, re-listen to our seasonal depression episode in the racist confession segment and listen, you can listen to this racist confession segment um, for this episode and let us know, um, you know, uh, who's more racist, Maureen or, or I? My name is Beth. Maureen or Beth? Um, don't, don't write in I. Yeah, uh, no. We, we won't know who that is. No. So, um, okay, so uh, since you uh, technically, we're doing a recount, but technically since you lost uh, and are more racist than me, uh, you should go first, and now we're going to get into this segment called Racist Confessions. And, uh, uh, Maureen, what do you got? Well, let's see. There's, there's a lot of races. I think one of the... One of the things that I've done in the racist confessions thing is, like, seriously only talk about black people, which is really weird mm-hmm. that, like, I tend to associate that word with black people specifically. So that's my racist confession. Yeah, okay, that's a good racist confession. I I think it's because, in, uh, because of um, being in America, born and raised in the United States, I think... I mean, I would say outside of Mexicans and Native Americans that a major part of our our racist history is based in the African American community. Be- yeah, that's because a very, very good point. out of everyone, um, white people and white people, by white people I mean the United States of America screwed people over was enslaving them. You know, uh, like, for instance, we did happen to um, commit genocide uh, against Native American people, but we didn't enslave them. 
So I don't know. Which do you think it's better to be? I mean, enslaved or to be uh, just killed off? Um, I don't think there's a right answer to that question. That's pretty low. Then uh, like, I, I would like when they start to harvest all the poor people. Mm. I really hope. Like, I think that, like, if I was enslaved, I may commit suicide, depending, like, how old I am and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't have kids or anything. Like, I'm not going to be like, I got to go save, like, this person. You know? It's just, like, how that happens in the movies, and people have, like, this will to live and just suffer. Like, I, I don't know that I could suffer like that. Like, I don't know that I'm strong enough to do it. Uh, have you ever read this book? It's called Man's Search uh, for Meaning. No. Who, who wrote it? Um, I, uh, have to Google search the author's name real quick. Okay. Uh, yeah, Victor E. Frankel. Okay. He's a psychiatrist, and it's a memoir of his, uh, survival, uh, of, oh, I, of his, uh, yeah, it was him, his survival of, uh, de- descriptions of life in Nazi death camps. Wow. And, um... Yeah, it's really, I did, I did read it, uh, my therapist recommended it to me, because uh, I, I was in therapy for depression, so I mean, I guess it makes sense to uh, give someone who's really depressed this book to read, but, um, because it makes you be like, wow, like, I have really, like, nothing to be sad about. Um, yeah, I should read that book. Um, but I it, have a gratefulness problem, a gratitude shortage. Yeah, well, that, but also, like, it's kind of inspiring what um, depths of torture the human spirit can actually endure. Mm. And, uh, you know, so it's really a testament to that. So I'm just saying... Can you the name and the author? Oh, Victor um, Frankel. I'm making that up by memory. Um, He's a a doctor. Victor Frankel, um, Man's Search for Meaning. Man, search for I, I own it. Cool. I can I can lend it to you. Cool. I'm more excited to say it again for the podcast. Oh, okay. You're not actually going to read it. I am going to read it, but I can just ask you or listen to the podcast again. I just feel like when you're talking about something specific like that, you should like say it again for the people that just entered the room. Victor Frankel's memoir, Man's Search for Meaning. Who, and, and Victor and is... Is spelled capital V, lowercase I K T O R, capital F, lowercase R A N K L. And uh, he is a psychiatrist and uh, he survives, although it's uh, his parents, brother, and preg- pregnant wife perished. Um, so, in any case, I'm just saying that uh because of this book that i would uh i would not want to die okay that's pretty cool i definitely think that's a book i should read uh but yeah i mean let's circle back here circle back here and check the privilege we're like a couple of white people talking about whether we would rather be slaves or whether we would rather be, you know, part yeah, right. of the genocide. That's uh, a privileged fucking conversation. Yeah, so we just want, we're sorry about that. Uh, and uh, it, on to... the next apology section. On to my racist confession. Um, well, okay, I actually haven't thought about this. 
normally I come to this with like a, a racist confession ready. Yeah. Um, but this is a good sign. It means I'm really, my racism is like really getting cleansed here. Oh, okay. Okay. That's like, yeah, we're cleansing ourselves. Uh, That's what confession's all about. And um, so uh, I was actually, I was actually thinking when you were saying that with, um, that you were saying racism, you think of uh, black people before any other race. And um, I was like, oh yeah, we should do, I mean, I was thinking, oh, I should reach back and like look for a, oh, I have one, an Asian, um, racist confession but um the oh wait now i can't it was so long ago um oh yeah okay i got it i got it it's back um so but i wanted to say that i have actually already done an asian racist confession but in any case in um the spirit of you know what the the course of diversity of racism like what i was saying in the spirit of conversation and going with the flow here i'm gonna go with an asian um asian racist confession and so this was a uh chinese uh liquor store that my uh this restaurant i worked at would get um uh we we would buy alcohol from them you know in, in cases and stuff like that yeah. And uh, the one way that they would say yingling would be ring ring. And, <laughs> and wow. we like loved it. And we were like ring ring. And to the point like I actually can't even drink yingling. I can't even. Yeah. Like I always. And I think it's like, look, I think it's like really funny the way that this Chinese person, and actually, like, I think any Chinese person that where English is a second language, they would say ring ring because of yeah. the way that the pronunciation works. And I think it's really funny. So I just would like to apologize and for that. And um, because I don't even, I don't, guess what? I don't even have a second language, okay? Yeah, um, so it's not even like, um, it's really ignorant of me, um, and, you know, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. I bet Marie... I mean, I think that, I think that that would be funny to anyone, like, I think that if you're, like, laughing at someone, like, because they can't say their, like, pronounce like their second language like you have a fucking problem <laughs> but um i mean i think actually too it might be uh yingling is a is that like a native american word i don't know uh it's a good question oh no it's german okay mm. it's a german word it means young person oh yingling. oh ring ring it's only young people drink it I just, I just said like ring ring. Beer? I just said ring ring and like put my mouth into my shoulder so I could laugh. <laughs> my old boss used to tell me about her. She had like an Asian teacher and he would say, um, like he would have said like any other word like 
normally or like often, but like he would always say usually, but the way he would say it is usually. So he would say it like all the time, apparently. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, so it's like the same kind of thing. I mean, those things are funny. It's like, fa ra 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 Yeah, but you know what? Isn't that like kind of tasteless? It is. And like, it is, it's funny, but it, like when you, when I see that in A Christmas Carol or whatever, the, what the fuck is that movie? A Christmas Story. A Christmas Story. Um, yeah, it's like modern day, modern day Dickens. Just kidding. It's, it's, I mean, maybe it's got a touch of the David Copperfield, but I don't know. Um, but when I see scenes like that play back, I mean, it's not funny. And exactly for the reason that you already brought up, like, that's someone's second language, you know, like, I mean, you can't make fun of someone for learning a fucking second language and speaking it. I mean, maybe it's kind of funny because on Christmas Day, Chinese restaurants are open for Jewish people, and what? it's like uh, this weird kind of culture clash. So maybe, I mean, maybe in that way it's funny that they can't say fa ra 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 also the time it was set in and the time the movie was made like I mean at this point I think we've been around each other like us and Asian people Asian speaking people like that we can sort of back off and I think that we understand now that like it's a pronunciation issue maybe back then people didn't so it was like ha ha but now we know and it's generally understood so like it's it's not as funny it's not like this surprise like oh ha ha you know, there's, like, got to be an element of surprise and humor. Okay, so moving on, let's get on to the topic of today, Twitter. Great. So, um, Twitter was invented in 2007. Uh, that's when it was invented from my, based on my memory of it. And um, I, I've been on Twitter since it was invented. Same account, same everything, and actually, like, same amount of followers. I, I've uh, had 400 followers, uh, like, for uh, 12, uh, for, yeah, 12 years now. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine is um, not my original Twitter. I don't know what my original Twitter was because I never used it. Because mm-hmm. I always used Facebook because I was more into sharing pictures and stuff. Like, I use that a lot for, like, my family and keeping in touch with old friends and stuff. But then after I lost faith in Facebook after I lost all that money and we started this podcast, I got a Twitter and my, like, I what I use it for is, like, I'm all about connecting and getting followers because like I think the purpose of it for me is to kind of have a platform to talk about some of these like creative things Mm -hmm. like I don't really use it as a personal it's not like really it's not like my personal thing like my Facebook really as much like I don't share as much stuff on like a personal level sometimes I share personal things if it's like really relevant to a conversation Mm -hmm. um but anyway it's performative it's a performance for Twitter, yeah, sure. And uh, I guess Facebook is a performance too. If you're like pretending to be personal on there, well, that's true. I mean, because I mean, you're only choosing what to put in on there and what not to put on there. Yeah, you know what I mean, exactly. You can only so, be so transparent. Yeah, and uh, what you said because of money. What are you talking about? 
don't think I spent money. What did you say? Like you left Facebook because of money? Oh, um, yeah, because I got money stolen from my bank account because my what I think happened is that at some point I used my debit card to pay, like to make a donation or something on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So my Facebook got hacked and I couldn't sign in and then like simultaneously $500 was taken out of my bank account somewhere in California. Oh my God, that's bullshit. Yeah, so it's Facebook like someone sucks. Into my Facebook got my bank account, pulled $500 out of it, and that was it. And fortunately, you know, like the bank, I guess, has like insured that stuff or whatever. So um, I just had to like, get in touch with them and I explained what happened. And then they like, it took a couple of days, but they give you like a credit while they investigate. And then once they investigate, they, you know, it's just like you get the money Yeah, no, Twitter has, I've noticed, like, steadily, well, I only recently got, I mean, I've had my account for, like, 12 years, like I said, but I don't always, like, frequent Twitter, but I guess since I quit Facebook, and maybe even leading up to since I quit Facebook, so probably around when Donald Trump was elected, I've been um, tweeting more often. And I've seen the space, the Twitter space, gradually and progressively become more and more political. And actually more and more, like, I see the news and Twitter are, like, actually really kind of the same. Which, yeah. which creeps me out. I think that's really irresponsible because we saw like what happened with the backlash of Facebook because Facebook really, I know everyone, Donald Trump says fake news and everyone's like, you know, I'm not a uh, crypto fascist here. I do think that fake news is spread and I think Facebook was a uh, proponent of that. And I... Uh, can see a shift in Twitter and how this bullshit is actually, it's, it's just, it's the new news is like so gross and disgusting. And, uh-huh. yeah. um, and now that I see them, um, combining on Twitter, I'm actually starting to get more like, I'm probably going to quit Twitter soon. Yeah. Uh, You're be- the only person I know personally on Twitter that I, I follow on Twitter. Um, yeah, I mean, I, well, that's, I'm not really I mean, on Twitter. Only, I've, met, I've met, like, one other person, April. I've met her, but I, I, I don't think there's anyone else I've ever met. I would say Twitter, yeah, is more anonymous. Like, I'm not on there to, like, um, like, I am on, I do follow my friends and, like, you know, I'm into them and stuff like that, obviously. But I'm more on there to follow writers and, and people that I like I'm and comedians. Um, and Because yeah. mostly writers and comedians are the best people to follow on Twitter because they are writers and comedians. So they know how right. to compose, like, tweets and be funny. Um, and when it comes to writers, like I follow like art critics and I follow, you know, essayist type political writers. I follow, uh, nonfiction writers, um, fiction writers, comic book artists, um, comic book artists are writers, everyone. It's important that you understand that. 
And, um, and I enjoy their tweets are like, you know, the most enjoyable. And then there, and then there's like some, um, meme accounts that I follow, like Wint, it's W-I-N-T, lower, all lowercase, kind of a ridiculous account. I started following this guy, Thomas, who doesn't have that many followers. Um, and his, uh, the O in Thomas is spelled with a zero. Um, <laughs> The, like, the one podcast I was talking about that I just recently was, like, listening to, um, it's, like, a year old. It's been on, it's been on the internet officially, like, a year, but I only just found out about it. That's pretty typical. And it's called The Red Scare, and I follow Dasha, who is the, one of the co-hosts of that podcast, and, uh, her tweets are funny, and, um, and who else do I? I mean, I follow all kinds of people, and uh, I just said I, I follow all kinds of people because I'm uh, I have no idea what to say next. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't follow institutions or things. The only actually the only institution I follow is uh, the Badlands, um, which is a national park. And it's because they uh, post funny pictures of uh, their park. So I follow a national park. I uh, don't follow like any art museums or anything like that. And I also, I there's some people like you just, it happens, but I really don't like uh, self-promoting tweets. Like, although I do them myself, you know, so I'm not. I mean, I think that's one of the main points of Twitter. Is, like, I, but if somebody's doing that all the time. What? I use it for other things. Yeah, exactly. I'm saying people who aren't on there tweeting and then all they do is uh, come on and, like, tweet a promotion. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to follow them. Like, I find that really boring. I and, think you're I, – I mean, I agree with you, and I think that a lot of people feel that way. And one of the things that people say about, like, having a Twitter account is if you want people to follow you, you have to, to talk about – your personal interest and be, you know, sincere with people, not just look like you're there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you want to be able to interact. The whole point of it is interaction. Like, that's what social media is. We didn't grow up with this as kids. You know what I mean? Like, television was yeah. one way when I was growing up. Entertainment, the news. My dad and I, like, my dad used to say to me, and, like, he's been in broadcasting his entire career, and he used to say to me, like, Maureen, someday, like, you're going to be able to talk back to the news. Oh yeah, now well the news you know, now, we're even dictating. It's what yeah, it's normal, yeah. but also we're dictating the news. Yes. Um the people Twitter is the news. And yeah. um and it can be really annoying. Like I actually when the Mueller report came out um on Twitter, it was really annoying. Because it was like I mean that whole thing was just total bullshit. Like it was horrible. Like, really ridiculous. Like, I think, and I think they just jumped the gun on it like that because of sensationalism and, you know, for the Twitter feed. And it's, like, well, so disgusting. Well, also, I mean, it's so that it was the jump so that, so that President Trump could have people start to believe that the report actually said he was exonerated. So he straight up came out and fucking lied. And people just believe him. You know what I mean? No one knows what's in that report. We have forgotten that, apparently. Because, you know what I mean? It, it was the, the whole thing is like a PR twist. Well, I thought there was... And a mind fuck. We don't know the entire report, but I thought there was nothing in it. 
Like, no, it's, it's basically a- his son had like a uh, meeting with a Russian DJ, and that's like the whole fucking thing. Well, we don't know. Um, and I and what the summary said basically was that it didn't prove like he's not being indicted of any crimes, but he's also not exonerated from this. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. This is just saying like we didn't find anything bad enough. And hard enough proof to like try to convict him of anything, like so. So it's you know bullshit. I mean? No, so it is bullshit. It says, well, I don't know if it's bullshit. I'm or sorry. Not. You know what I mean? It depends on what. I think it's bullshit, and I think the Democratic Party. What do you Party, think is bullshit about it? Explain. Because there's nothing in it that they can even like convict him of anything, and also the the guy who's doing this whole report is like the whole part of the collusion of us going to into the Iraq War, which was also a bunch of bullshit facts as well. So I don't trust this David Mueller for fucking shit, and I think the Democratic Party is like they're just like creating scandal instead of like really going after this guy. Like they're creating like a sensational scandal and, and, and it's like falling in their face because there's nothing, it's all bullshit. There's nothing really there. So, I mean, that's what I mean. I, I'm sure, um, there might've been something like, I don't know. I'm not even going to like speculate because I honestly, it's just, it's stupid. No one knows. No one knows. It's, I mean, it's probably, my understanding is it's going to be something that could potentially lead to other things. They say no one knows. And shit. But, like, I guess no, there was nothing bad enough that they could prove hard enough, you know? And yeah. that's it. But it also, there's nothing hard proving either that he was exonerated. Like, he's not innocent. Basically, yeah, like, the report doesn't say anything. But we also don't know what it says. Like, there was nothing definitive in that sense that came out if of it. If there was something in there it. Was probably, there was all kinds of things in there. We just don't know yet. If there was. Know, nobody knows. No one has read it. No one has read it? Except for the people, like, except for, like, Barr and, like, the people that were working on it. You know what I mean? And if there was something in there that was definitive, like, proof in some way that is, like, legit, then they wouldn't be, like, whatever. They would fucking go after Donald Trump. And the thing right, is, like, there's I nothing. I feel like you need a lot of, I mean, they need a lot of evidence to go after him and they're not finding it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, that sucks. Well, there because is I actually. I think that he's fucking awful. I think that he's ruining our country, literally. Oh, like, I think that, I think that we, too. I think our lives are going to be very different six years from now. And I, and I think it's going to be radically, I think it's going to get really, really bad. I think there's going to be a lot of violence. I think that a lot of people are going to lose their health care. I think there's going to be a lot of suffering and misery in this country because of him. Yes, I do too. And I think, and I'm mad at the Democratic Party for going after him in this bullshit fucking way. I mean, yeah. I'm mad that there's nothing, like, nothing definitive happening. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. But, uh, hashtag me too... There was also, Marine, if you want to listen, like, uh, the Red Scare actually did a podcast on the Mueller report. And, okay. like, they had, like, uh, I think it, he's a New York um, Post writer. Um, uh, 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 let's see if they have it, just, like, literally the last one. Um... I don't see it. 
now. Oh, uh, yeah, Michael Tracy is the okay. reporter's name. And, yeah, I think he writes for the New York Post. Uh, obviously, like, I don't uh, read. But in any case, it's a really good episode in the sense uh, since, like, he's been, like, covering it and everything. You should listen to it. Um, but onwards, um, enough fangirling. Um, the other thing I like about Twitter is I like um, there's this raccoon um, uh, Twitter feed I follow uh that just features like raccoons and they're like they are domesticated raccoons and they play yeah. together and stuff and it's really cute i'm really into that cute. Mm -hmm. um for the record i'm actually almost at 500 followers now i mean after 12 years i'm uh pretty excited about that i'm at 400 yeah but that probably just means all your followers like you actually somewhat interact with I also like. I just feel like in order to, I like don't know anyone on Twitter. So the more followers I get, it's like I have like eight thousand followers, but it took until this time for me to like. If I make a post, like usually there's like no likes because nobody sees it. If you have, you know what I mean. Like you have mm -hmm. to have like really a large amount of followers for many people to see your post. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's like a motivation. You know what I mean? Of like totally. To get followers, I, mean, well, but I only talk to a handful of them. You also, though, Marine, like, uh, want a Marine trope, and which is actually among many Twitter users' tropes. But you, you are really consistent with it. You tweet at Donald Trump all the time. All the time. Yeah. It's really I'm so funny. Frustrated. Yeah. I'm, I'm so fucking frustrated, and like, I can't stand it. And he, like, I'm like, is anybody else in the fucking world seeing this? You know oh I mean? yeah, no, they all see it. They all see it, and but like, what, what? It's kind of like futile, like for you to tweet at Donald Trump. But oh, it's completely futile, yeah. and I know that, and that's like part of the whole experience for me. Like yeah. I was like, like I get really, really mad and upset, like on Twitter. I don't mm -hmm. think it's really that good for me. Yeah, you know? no, totally. Like, I agree with that. I do. That yeah. sometimes you have to, like, you're like, I have to log off Twitter because it's too upsetting. It, it is. I mean, his Donald Trump's tweets are, like, something out of a history book that, like, a horrible dictator, like, that you would read it and be like, how were these people not physically removing him from power? Like, and this has been going on for so long that some people think it's normal. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. And, mm -hmm. like, we are going to look back on this time. Other people are going to look back on this time because I don't know if we're going to really survive it. I don't. Other people are going to look back at this time in history and be like, what the fuck were they thinking? Mm -hmm. How could they have fallen for this? And I 100% yeah. believe that with my entire heart. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, I just think I, and I enjoy your tweets at Trump and I, I'm glad. I think it's great that great. That's, that's a Trump word. Um, I think it's, it's great. I think it's brilliant. That's a British word. I think it's brilliant that you uh, consistently tweet at Trump, and I find your your tweets uh, humorous in a dark sort of way. Like like a you know obviously you're frustrated and upset and like it's bullshit, but um, I I like them. I'm into it. Uh, you should be well, screenshotting. Well, you know, it's really them. uplifting for me because I do it for myself, and it does, like I like I feel like I'm going crazy sometimes. That's like my motivation. Like. So the fact that, like, someone else actually reads them and likes it, that makes me happy. Well, I mean, do you think you got followers from it? 
from uh, your tweets at Trump? I, I don't know. Most of the time, I have, like, the fo- I just follow people, and they follow me back. I feel like yeah, a lot follow of... follow people at similar interests. Yeah, I feel like a lot of your followers are Democrats and political. Yeah. Well, because that's the, probably the largest group, you know, at the mm. largest level in America that I would identify with. And it's also, you know, it's like, okay, I got on, I went on to Twitter at first to, for this podcast to like talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered, I had like kind of seen some of Donald Trump's tweets before. I knew how ridiculous he was and I already hated him. But getting on there and like having it in my face like that and seeing his tweets all the time, it's like I wanted to pull my hair out, you know, and that mm-hmm. became a very main part of like my Twitter experience is like hating on Trump and all of those people also hate Trump and I think it's just like one of the broadest categories of people right now that I I know I'm probably going to share some views with Mm -hmm. well uh, I tweeted at a celebrity well they're not really a celebrity but they're a well known writer this week yeah Yeah. did you see um, that I got Roxanne Gade on that my Twitter. You did what? I got Roxanne Gade. You got Roxanne Gade? Mm-hmm. Yes. What does that mean? Well, okay, so means. Roxanne Gay is this writer that um, I follow on Twitter. Like I said, I follow a lot of writers. Um, and I read uh, her book, Bad Feminist, which uh-huh. uh, is an enjoyable read. Uh, it's a feminist book, obviously. Um, and, you know, basically it's like pop feminism because, like, she reviews, like, movies and television and television shows. And, um, like, she did, like, an essay on Twilight and the BDSM uh-huh. community. And, uh-huh. um, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, so it's a good read. And I enjoyed it, and so I followed her on Twitter. And then increasingly, as I followed her on Twitter, though, I began to actually, like, dislike this person. Like, I was, like, like politically, like, I just, I'm not into, like, her political arguments. I yeah. think that she's kind of, like, full of shit and really in it, into what she's doing for money. And, like, for instance, on her Instagram, she did, like, a sponsored post for Meyer's Soap, like... When I know because yeah. I follow her on Twitter, she doesn't even clean her own house, like, that she has housekeepers. <laughs> so, like, like little things like that. And I think, like, if you're a feminist and you're talking about politics and shit like that, like, you really shouldn't be doing, like, sponsored, commercialized sort of posts on your Instagram. I don't, like, I am just, like, I, I don't know. Well, even you are though very anti Commercialism. You, I'm anti. You are. I'm anti. You are on the, the well, like a more extreme end of the spectrum, I think, than many people as far as your hatred of it and your awareness of it. My hatred and awareness of what commercialism? Commercialism. Yeah, I I yeah. really like. I think it's really bad. But, um, so, but Roxanne Gay, and, like, I've been tweeting at her. Like, she's, like, kind of, like, my Donald Trump, like, where I would be, like, you know. But, of course, I've never, like, like, a lot of the political stuff, like, no. But, like, her funny stuff, I would, like, tweet, like, oh, that's funny. Like, you know, like, just like that. Um, and, but then she posted this tweet, and it was, um, she wrote, uh, here's the tweet, here's the tweet that she wrote. 
I cannot believe people are seriously considering Biden and Sanders for the Democratic nomination when they are so many when there are so many other interesting candidates who aren't old white men. I don't know who I want to vote for yet other than Stacey Abrams. Okay. okay. So I tweeted at her don't get all neoliberal and put identity politics into the equation. So she retweeted what I said in a quote. And this is what I mean by Roxanne Gate, because this is another thing I've seen her do. If somebody that she disagrees with in her comments, like really pisses her off, what she does is she doesn't respond to your tweet. She retweets it and then responds to it that way. So she like blows you up. It's basically like, hey, people who follow me, gang up on this person. Exactly. Yes. This is what she does. And I've seen her do it with other people a bunch of times. And but every time I see it, I like missed because the person deleted their tweet. So it's just her being a bitch. And then it says like underneath tweet deleted because the person was probably like, oh shit, I better I'm getting all these notifications and people (laughs) are like sending me hate mail. So but um, I was like, I'm not deleting my fucking tweet. I stand by like what I said. And she posted her retweet was identity politics isn't a thing. It's okay to consider identity and be thoughtful about it. Don't be terrible. So, well, the thing is, I just want to point out like again to her tweet that first off, she said old white men, which that's identity. And she's categorizing Biden and and Sanders as old white men. First off, Bernie Sanders is not white. He's Jewish. And the second off, Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden's politics have nothing to do with each other. They are different politicians. They are different politicians. And thirdly, Stacey Abrams and Bernie Sanders actually are have more in common politically. Yeah. So because she was using identity as yeah. a way to vote for someone, she actually is not talking about politics at all. And this is a problem yeah. with American politics, actually. And I think, yeah. and I literally just called her a neoliberal because she's a rich bitch who, who promotes, um, who does like sponsored posts Modern. on Instagram. Yeah. Like overpriced natural products. Yeah. Overpriced natural yeah. products that poor people actually can't afford to clean their house with. So mm-hmm. fuck yeah. off. I can't afford that shit. You know what? Walmart gave me a sample of it because we use their fucking pickup service. I had like this little tiny sample of like Meyer soup. I would never buy that. It's way too expensive. It's ridiculous. Um, you can buy like economy organic products at Whole Foods, right. <laughs> which Whole Foods is actually really expensive. But they uh, so uh, actually Philly.com did like a a price comparison in grocery stores in Philly, and actually Acme was higher priced than Whole Foods, which I found super interesting. Um, that is really interesting. And I don't know, not that surprising to me. I just, I, it's more surprising. I thought Acme was one of the more expensive stores, but not more expensive than Whole Foods. Yeah. So in any case, with this retweet, I just like was like, no, I stand by what I said. I, so then like pretty much the comments underneath it are really stupid. Like people being like, do you even know what a neoliberal is? Oh, you're just, then this one woman, breeder alert, this one woman commented, my son calls um, anyone who's like a like left-leaning politician a neoliberal. It's really annoying. And she was talking about her son like a little kid. She was like, my little kid does it. 
I mean, luckily, I had some uh, fellow antinatalist chime in and be like, your kid sounds more fun to hang out with than you. Like, people commented that. Um, then, like, the guy, then there was a mansplaining neoliberalism thread that ended up, that ended in um, people quoting back and forth to each other, there, which is, like, the most annoying argue, arguing on social media ever is when people quote you back at them or like invent quotes of you like pretending to beat you or whatever like anything in quotes like just shut the fuck up it was a it was a nightmare of a thread and i was like humanity is doomed basically (laughs) um but so it's interesting though I mean, I literally, I was, I was being facetious, calling her neoliberal. I do think that neoliberalism um, is a thing. I think Hillary Clinton and a lot of the Democratic Party represent this sort of um, these social and economic um, ideas. And I do think they use identity politics. First off, Roxanne Gay, you should know identity politics is actually a thing. It is oh, real. It is a thing. Like, like, and I can't believe she just. What Donald Trump won based on? I can't believe she said it's literally, it's not a thing. Like, how are you, like, first off, you didn't even read your own tweet. And yeah, I mean, it's a thing. Um, and, but in any case, so I have the um, simple w- Wikipedia pulled up here so we can um, read the definition of neoliberalism to people. This Great, is the, because I don't know the definition of it. I was going to ask you. Yeah, well, um, here it is. Neoliberalism is a term for different social and economic ideas. So basically, for for the record, neoliberalism, there's like a lot of people use it, like it's hard to define because people use it in, in different differing ways. Right. Okay, so that's it's partly a nebulous definition. Exactly. So originally the term was used by a group of liberals who helped shape social market economy and in the mid-20th century, um, in the mid-20th century. Neoliberalism is categorized by free market trade, deregulation of financial markets, individualization, and the shift away from the state welfare provision. So like when the Clintons privatized prisons and took away welfare in the 90s, that's neoliberalism. So good! So good! Okay, anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, like, Bill Clinton's the first black president. Like, that's what I mean. Like, they use identity politics to, like, fucking sideline and then totally fuck over everybody. Like, anyway. The ideas were developed by economists Frederick Hayek, Ludwig von Mises, William Roque, Wilhelm, Wilhelm Roque, I'm probably not pronouncing any of these names right, by the way. Walter Aiken, Milton Friedman, and others. They were first presented at a conference in 1938. So here's a characteristics of neoliberalism. Increasingly, the market fails to yield fair or equitable, equitable outcomes. In the application of neoliberal ideals, the state might also intervene and regulate, for example, to prevent exploitation or to ensure social fairness and equality. That sounds good, right? Well, uh-huh. neoliberalism is antithetical to the protection of group rather than individual interests, for example, that might be achieved through lobbying of groups or state interventions that protect national interests via tar- tariffs and subsidies. And then it says neoliberalism has moved away from a centrally governed economy. So it's actually moves away from that. Um, 
in today's use. So contemporary use, since the 1990s, the term has been consistently used in academia to imply the move from welfare state to laissez-faire economic management, particularly associated with the promotion of free market ideals in the late 1980s by Margaret Thatcher in the UK and Ronald Reagan in the US. Huh, so really it's not... <laughs> not like what Bernie, Bernie Sanders is. Bernie Sanders is no, no, far <laughs> from neoliberalism. And actually, I think like one of the reasons when it comes to identity politics and why he's not popular in black communities is because he doesn't feel comfortable. Uh, he wants to talk about economics and he doesn't want to talk about identity politics. Right. And the thing is like in black communities, like they're like, that's super important to them. And I get that because yeah, racism yeah. is a fucking real thing. And yeah. a part of the reason, whatever, is because of that. But I think he's like really trying to make a change. And I do too, Beth. And I think that's like so many people fucking what? are so against him. What? Okay. So I, I like haven't ever said anything mm -hmm. really how I like feel about this, but yeah. like people who come out and flip the fuck out about Bernie Sanders, what are you going to lose? Like what, you know what I mean? What, how is this going to hurt you? Yeah. Like who do you work for? Exactly. You know, which it could be any, it could be a big health insurance company. I don't know. I, but, I mean, I think it's, like, really suspect when people come out and they're like, he's a fucking racist, sexist motherfucker. Like, I, I just I just haven't seen that with my own eyes the way I have with, for, let's say, Donald Trump. And let me just be very clear. I don't think that, like, Bernie Sanders is a perfect guy because I just don't think he's as bad as Trump or something. I don't think he's perfect. I think oh, yeah. all of them are real fucked up people. Right. Well, but you have like, to be to be in politics. Is, are the, are, is the person, if, is the person going to help me if they're in office and they get what they want mm -hmm. politically, then is it going to help me? And that's what I vote based on. And that's what, like, I think people were supposed to be voting based on. Like, what do the most people in this country need right now? Mm -hmm. You know, to, to have, like, get the, their, you know, the ability to pursue life, liberty, and, you know, the pursuit of happiness or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, because you can't do that if you can't go to the doctor. Nope. You can't do that if, like, you have untreated diabetes. You can't do that if you can't afford to uh, raise children. That's true. You know what? And that's a really good... Because for, for me, like, I just... I'm not interested in that. Yeah. But you're absolutely right because some people have to make the choice to not have children because they can't afford it. And then they're not, like, able to fully self-actualize themselves in the way that they want to. Or even just, like... Um just like a better future for children are even alive right now and parents trying to raise children today. I think that's an important thing, you know, yeah. to discuss too. And like, um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like when people get super mad about Bernie Sanders, I honestly do think it's an identity politics thing. Like, and if you like break it down for them and ask them, like they really don't, they, they're not talking about politics. And well, I know I'm saying identity politics. They're not talking about politics, no, but I agree they're, with you. they're not talking about like really what, what like the issues, the like issues that, are. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's weird. And, um, uh, yes, like I would say, uh, I identify with Bernie Sanders politics and that he is on the far leaning left of socialism. And this is right. a, uh, something that look, I think, uh, in the the eighties were fun, 
You know, like I actually had a um, great childhood full of Cabbage Patch Kids and shit like that. But um, that's very different than today. Children children are getting Cabbage Patch Kids. And um, just because of this too, like I just think like this is what America like really needs right now is um, to um, break the economic disparity. And also the other thing is, I don't know if you noticed this, people tweeting about their taxes a lot this year. This is one of the first years I've realized people are getting fucked by their taxes via Twitter. Because people are owing like a shit ton of money and being like, I don't understand. And people are tweeting about it. And it's because Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck about poor people. Because of the tax law changes, yes. Yeah. His whole tax plan that he said, oh, it's going to help everyone and it's going to help the middle class. No, you're a fucking huge liar. Huge liar. And it just gave tax cuts to the super rich. And that's what everyone said was happening. And now mm-hmm. it's happening. And you're right. People are like, what, what the hell happened? Well, if you voted for Trump, like seriously, I don't care. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Like I care about the people that like are being victimized in the middle class by this because Mm -hmm. it's not it's not fair to families. And I, you know, it's not. I don't think that like people are more important if they have children or something. But like they do have to support a whole other, at least one other person. Yeah. You know who's incapable of supporting themselves. So, I mean, there's other, and I feel like he, he keeps saying like he he like made you get more money back for like some family tax or something he was like well we increased that but like i get the feeling that there was a lot of other ones that you know were taken away from people who pay taxes in the middle class mm-hmm. yeah and i haven't i haven't got my taxes back yet i'm terrified i never i'm defaulted on my student loan so i never get a tax return it goes straight to that oh day. yeah yeah at yeah, least well, i think I have so to physically still turn mine over um in any case uh yeah because we're fucking indentured servants we are yep um so yeah so that's another thing when people talk about socialism and they're like isn't that scary i'm like i am already an indentured servant to my fucking you know so no i'm not uh fucking afraid asshole Pussy. Yeah, I'm more afraid of dying from some horrible disease because I can't get treatment. I'm really terrified of that right now. I'm terrified. Um, and I'm also afraid I'm going to become poor because of medical bills. Terrified. I mean, right now, like, um, like paycheck to paycheck, but I'm talking about bankruptcy poor. If I had, like, major medical bills, I would be dumb. Yeah. See, I'm, uh, I'm paycheck to paycheck. And it's, uh, I also tweet about, I tweet about that a lot. I'm always like, oh, I hope, uh, my, this person's house I'm cleaning tips today because, uh, I can't eat lunch unless, uh, they do. And I mean, that's how, and I'm not even kidding. Like I actually do, uh, pay, buy food with my tips. That's how I pay for groceries. So people who don't tip me or, or don't tip their house cleaner, uh, person, you're a dickhead. And I mean, I'm also like, I'm just, I'm against people getting their house cleaned anyway. I wish I didn't have to do it for, I enjoy it, but I, at the same time, it's kind of like, it only, it only makes sense when I clean for like elderly people or like, 
uh, a single a single mom or something like but there's a lot of people I clean for that really do not even fucking need a house cleaner and they just like have one it's fucking weird uh, maybe and, they have trouble keeping their home clean because they have ADD and you know what what books they have on their nightstand uh, they have what? they they have Hillary Clinton's memoir what happened they have like this book called uh, being born white they have they read books on uh, you know Barack Obama's autobiographies they read like the most like you know you think these people are liberal and uh, their house is sparkling clean yet they have a housekeeper and they don't tip and they're assholes and <laughs> Roxanne Gay is one of them fuck you bitch Whoa. Oh, you're right. I, I took it too far. I took it too far there. Like, well, that's what the apology section's for. What about, like, suck a dick, cunt? What about that? <laughs> that was funny. See? All right. Suck a dick, cunt. That's are funny. That's what I would... Yeah, that's, that's what I have. Too. Yeah, that's what I have for Roxanne Gay. And while I'm doing it, I'm, uh... I have my hands out, and I'm, uh clapping them against my my pussy like to to be like mm. suck it so i'm going suck a dick up suck a dick up it's like mm-hmm. that and the phone's actually you're like right here marine at my crotch and i'm going suck a, suck a dick cunt uh, that makes it even funnier suck a dick cunt it's like that mm-hmm. your pussy smells if we had if we had a patreon we would do like a an exclusive video of that for our patreon that's how patreon works yeah we need to work on that maybe once we once we hit our one year anniversary um and by the way do you realize that 100 episodes we we have said that we're only doing 100 episodes that means five years yeah but in any case, uh, we'll see if we even make it to 100 episodes. But when we do our yearly, maybe we should start a Patreon. Um, well, I would like that. I also think that, like, what I was thinking about is doing, putting more effort into the sound quality. Like, maybe like getting a I microphone? Money getting a microphone, yeah. Like, if I have some money to put into it in the next few months. Well, that would be what the Patreons would pay for. They would help us to get a microphone. Uh, that's pretty cool. You want to hear something really sexist, though? Sure. Uh, my boyfriend actually has a really nice mic that, remember we used it for the first episode? Yeah, I uh, that. I'm not allowed to use it when uh, he's not home, and <laughs> also I'm not allowed to take it outside of the house and use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... He did the same shit with me over a sewing machine, by the way, too. So I ended up buying my own sewing machine. And guess who sews all the fucking time? Me. I'm the one using the sewing machine. Yet he had one. I had to buy my own fucking sewing machine because he wouldn't let me use it. And my sewing machine is better. Oh, I'm sorry. And, And cheaper. It was cheaper than his sewing machine. And it's better. It sounds like you've got a really, you're in a really bad situation, Beth. You think so? You think I should move out? I probably. All right. Should probably go to a I can't. I, I can't afford to move out. Maybe if Bernie Sanders wins the presidency and my student loans get forgiven and right. I start making uh, minimum wage that actually is a living yeah. wage, then I like, can afford to move out. Like, that would actually make a difference in your life and you could go to the doctor. Like, those things, those are things that I want to vote for. I, I have to say, I... Don't I care. I just want the motherfucker to be able to get him passed. That's all I care about. I do have Obamacare. I don't think, 
It matters whether it's a white man or a fucking black woman or a fucking, like, Vulcan. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was just talking over you. Yeah, so was I with you. Um... That's like, we're really bad at that. I was listening, I listen to a lot of podcasts and um, one thing, you and I always talk over each other, but it's because we're doing conversations. So, uh, like, I, I guess other podcasts are doing conversations too. I don't know what our problem is. I'm just really bad at interrupter. Yeah, but somehow, like, when we talk to each other in real life, we don't, I don't feel like we interrupt each other in real life. I think we just don't notice. No, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I leave you with my uh, favorite Twitter meme of the week, which I don't even understand the origin of this, but have you seen, I should know the origin of this. Hold on. Um origin of Gucci tracksuit guy meme. I mean, here, why don't you talk about your favorite meme while I try to find out how the fuck, what? Whoa, whoa, that's like a pretty, that that came out of total left field, my favorite meme. Yeah, on on Twitter this week. Like, Oh god, I don't know. I don't, I don't have one. A lot of pressure. Um, Twitter. Maybe I'll add that to it. Uh, it's really. Why is it? All right. He wasn't. Maybe I should just take. It's not Gucci, so I, maybe that's what I should do. This is so boring. I know, and I'm so frustrated because I really want to know the origin of this. Um, before it was just all simple retweeting fun, but now I started to really want to know, uh, what the origin of this is. And I did it live over a podcast. Well, not live because this is recorded and then we we upload it later, maybe like two or three days later. I can edit all of this out. (laughs) Maybe I'll do that. Anyway, it's, he struts out. There's all these people taking pictures. I don't know who the fuck this guy is. And I don't know anything about this fucking meme. And um, it's funny. And this tweet, somebody took the video and they turned it upside down, right? This is Cowboy Cats on Twitter. They turned it upside down and the tweet says, the spider you thought you killed earlier pulling up on top of your ceiling. Hmm, I can see it. And then there's this guy strutting in this gold and black tracksuit. And, uh-huh. um... I don't. I have no idea what it's about. Okay. It could be. See, I'm like thinking, like this could be something really important that I don't know about. You know. Right. I don't know what it is either. All right. Well, uh, do you have any closing Twitter thoughts? That was my end. Um. I just like to say that I love animal things on Twitter, and I will never apologize for cats. Or celebrating Catterday. Okay, alright, that's great. Uh, Catterday's for Instagram, stupid. Well, I do it on Twitter, bitch. Alright, that's it. Two O's from Delco. We talked about Twitter for an hour.
And uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. Please write in and rate and review us. People cannot find this podcast if we have zero ratings and zero reviews, which is why no one has found this podcast. That sucks for them. And uh, thank you, Twitter, for being our official ad sponsor for this episode of Two Hosts from Delco. Podcast. Podcast. Do do Two hoes, two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh yeah, it's a four house on the hill. Two hoes. on the hill. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts. <laughs>